millions of people asking for God's Word, most of them are getting a Bible for the first time in their own language. Something hard for us to appreciate. Uh, those of us who have grown up uh, in faith and, and in this country where, where Bibles are so available to us and so affordable, and we give all of them free of charge. So pray, give, share with others. Uh, th those are three ways at least that you have an opportunity to respond at least uh, to this opportunity that God is giving all of us to be a part of. Open up your Bibles if you have yours this morning to Isaiah chapter 53. And while you're turning to chapter 53 of Isaiah, let me help you imagine right now, maybe you have traveled outside of this country or at least outside this time zone. So there's time zones that are ahead of us like the East Coast or Europe. There's other time zones that are behind us, but, but today what we call the Lord's Day, really every day is the Lord's, right? But on this first day of the week, there are Christians around the world who are doing much the same as we are this morning, opening up Scripture together to the glory of God, singing songs of praise that, that encourage us and edify us, but it's easy to sometimes forget that it is really for an audience of one that we sing right? If you want to argue for the Trinity, I'm okay with that too. The communion that we took this morning, as was said, this is in remembrance of Jesus. So Christ is the one who matters most in our lives. We really can't spend too much time praising, worshiping, thinking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So during Jesus' ministry on earth, He has suffered for us in many different ways. That first picture of the cross makes me think exciting things. But when I look at this artist's interpretation of what Jesus suffered on the cross, it sobers me. Above all, Jesus suffered in gruesome and horrible ways, even before He got to Golgotha and was nailed to that cross. He had been whipped with leather and rock and metal. He had lived through punishment like few, perhaps none of us have ever experienced, at least yet, in our lives. He was treated as if he was the worst criminal Jerusalem had ever seen. And yet, in reality, he was the opposite, right? He was the only righteous, sinless person Jerusalem had ever seen. Isaiah's words are better than mine. So, in chapter 53, verse 3, Isaiah, hundreds of years before Christ actually came to earth, he prophetically says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We 
turned our backs on Him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet, it was our weaknesses that He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. And we thought His troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for His own sins. But He was pierced for our rebellion. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. So Isaiah's prophecy foretold things that would occur right obviously at the end of Jesus' life on earth. But if you look at the Gospel accounts and put together what you can, Jesus' life throughout all of His years was filled with many times of persecution and suffering for us well before the day of His death. For example, a sad but I think almost unknown fact, certainly a lesser known fact, is that even Jesus' own biological brothers didn't believe that He was God's Son. Did you know that? Look in John chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. It says, Jesus was traveling around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders at this point in His ministry were already plotting His death. They were that upset about the the threat to their power, that they were plotting His death at this point. So He was staying out of Jerusalem. Verse 2, But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brothers said to Him, and see if you agree with me, it seems like cutting, sarcastic words. His brothers say to Jesus, Leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. And what makes me think that they were sarcastic, cutting words is because John then interjects verse 5, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. From my human perspective, it's like, was it not enough, Lord, to send Jesus down out of heaven to the earth? Was that not enough of a change of sacrifice to leave heaven? But to allow Him to be put into a human family where even His own brothers would say things to Him that sound a lot like the things that were being said at the foot of the cross the day that He died. If you're really such a great person, we'll come down. If you're really this Messiah. Seems upside down. But you know, our world often is upside down. Yes? I mean, the right thing can be extremely unpopular. And the wrong thing is often what everyone seems to be doing. 
Make a list in your own head. In countries like Croatia and Poland, nearly everyone would claim to be Catholic. Most don't attend Mass, but that's their national identity all rolled into their faith as well. And so, being any other stripe of Christian or believer in Croatia, especially Poland as well, Slovenia as well, means that you're seen as not just looked down on, but as if you are a member of a cult. You're held at least at arm's length, and many, if they were your family members, would disown you. I got to meet Miladin Dominic. See him here in the picture with his wife in Varazhdin, Croatia. In fact, their daughter, Rahela, their third oldest, I believe, or Rachel, as we would say, just began her freshman year in August at Oklahoma Christian. Miladin is now the preacher at the Church of Christ in Varazhdin. He grew up, like most every other Croatian, in a Catholic family. Hardly ever made it to Mass. He said, I don't think that we owned any type of Bible. But when this American Church of Christ group came over and had this sort of evangelistic gospel meeting in which they were simply teaching that you can study the Bible for yourself, he got a copy of a Bible and really found interest in reading these stories that were part of his supposed faith as a Christian. He decided to get baptized, joined the Church of Christ there in Croatia. As soon as he did so, his parents and all of his siblings completely disowned him. To this day, he says, his siblings do not speak to him. Now he says, I have had children, and that has caused a civil relationship to be reconstructed with my parents who really want to see the grandkids, so praise God for grandkids. But if he had no children, he's convinced his parents wouldn't be speaking to him at all either. My mom is the one in our family who has done some genealogical research. I don't know if you have that person in your family who is opening your eyes to see some things that you might not otherwise know, but as my mom has, has done some research, we found that, I believe, eight generations ago from my generation, so seven from hers, that we had a relative named Jacob Hostetler who immigrated to the U.S., and he did it to escape religious persecution. It's pretty clear that Jacob and his family, as you can see pictured here in the lower right, he and his wife and their kids at this point. They were what were called at the time Anabaptists. Pretty small minority group of people who believed that being baptized is something the Bible says you should do as an adult when you can consciously make a choice rather than immersing or sprinkling a, I guess sprinkling a child and baptizing them as an infant. Well, because of this choice in their faith, they were often called the very denigrating title of Dunkards. 
In fact, you can still, in Europe and in America, you can see a few churches who've actually embraced that name over the hundreds of years since that first time. And, you know, Christians, that term, they were first called Christians. Do you remember the city? In Antioch. And it was, as best we can tell, it was not a term that was kind. It was little Christs, is what Christians means. And yet we have embrace that title. So Dunkard's in the same way. But the prevailing belief of the Catholic Church at that time across most, not all, of Europe was if you want to be baptized as an adult, we will be glad to baptize you to the point of drowning you. Many were burned at the stake, but in the countries where my relative Jacob and his family were living, it was more common that they would be baptized to the point of drowning. And so, they left that part of the world, and in 1738, I believe, is the date that my mom found they came to Pennsylvania. I was in the tiny country of Slovenia in June, They've asked for over 150,000 Bibles and books in these last two years. Just two million people. Hardly any churches from our fellowship in that country. And yet, they're asking for these resources, especially for children again. And the story that stood out the most while we were there was this lady in the blue named Tonchka. Esther in the red was our translator and our one part-time employee there. But Esther cares about the poor. And if you know anything about the Roma people, there's larger concentrations of them in European countries. Or as we might say, gypsies, but that is a very derogatory term, which we do not use in Europe. So we've learned how much of a put-down it is. But these Roma live in villages. Typically, the police won't even go in because it's chaotic, and they say it's too dangerous for them to go in. There's not schools typically, so kids are running rampant, uneducated, crime, you name it, bad situations. But Tonchka said, we've got to go and share the good news of Jesus with these kids in these Roma villages. So her church and four other churches nearby tried to make some efforts to go into these Roma villages, and finally the leaders just... In good conscience, they said, they, we can't lead our members into these villages because we're afraid that not only will someone be hurt, but we fear someone will be killed. So they kind of encouraged all their members to come out and quit going. Everybody quit going into the Roma villages. Except for Tonchka. Tonchka didn't ask permission. She just prayed and said, Lord... What's my life compared to getting the good news to these kids? So she kept on going. And she kept on going. She grabbed one of her courageous girlfriends and she went with her. And she said, I'm not that great an artist, but I don't know the Roma dialect and they don't really speak that much Slovenian. So I've just been trying to draw pictures. And so I just started praying, Lord, give me more resources. Two weeks later, that's when she first hears about EEM. We've got a Slovenian children's Bible, and we've got some 
Bible activity books that just have a single verse and kids can color and then write the verse. She, she said it was like heavens opened to have these resources to give to the kids in these Roma villages. Because of Tonchka's selfless determination to enter these dangerous Roma villages, it eventually opened the doors for her whole church to go in safely. And now, all five of the churches in their region have fruitful ministries to the poor and the families in these Roma villages. Tanchka could have played it safe, but she decided that these children were worth the risk. And what an amazing joy on two of these Roma girls' faces in this picture, sisters who not only loved the stories and, and learned better Slovenian as they read them with Tonchka's help, but then went home to their illiterate father and taught him how to read using these two Bibles. God's wisdom is unlike our human wisdom. Who was praying for Tonchka to risk her life and to reach two sisters, daughters like these who would teach their dad how to read using the best book in human history? We should not be surprised when God's way seems upside down even to us. God's light seems like darkness to the lost, Scripture says. And the world's darkness seems like light to the lost. Satan's way of twisting things. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow Me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So if Jesus truly is the light of the world still today, what, what difference does this make for you, for me? Each day we face the pressures of a world that is generally, in our country at least, not going the way of God, of Christ, of the Spirit. Our peers, the media oftentimes... Social media can be used for good, but often used for evil. Usually leading us to do what the world says is best or popular, but usually not the way that God wants us to go. Thinking about this upside-down situation makes me think of Masood, an Afghani man who said that things got so bad in Afghanistan that he left when his wife was eight months pregnant and they made a 2,000-mile trek across land first to Turkey and then hired a man to take them in an inflatable watercraft across the Mediterranean Ocean. The same body of water that Paul nearly died multiple times on in shipwrecks. And they are probably in a worse vessel than Paul had 2,000 years ago. 
And unlike the people in this picture who came in in the middle of the day, they came in just as night had fallen, too heavy, overloaded, coming in too fast. And it wasn't the beautiful, sandy, Florida-like beaches of Greece, but it was the rocky, more northeastern or Oregon coast. And they crashed into about 30 feet of water and boulders off the shore of Greece. At this point, his son had been born in Turkey, and so he was two weeks old. And as they crash, the boat just explodes into pieces, and he loses his son in the water. Everybody is swimming to the shore for their lives, and he yells to his wife, I've lost him, but go to shore. And Masood and his friend just start diving and diving. This is Masood. Can't find his son. Five minutes pass. Diving more. Ten minutes pass. Can't find his son. In the dark, by the moonlight. And he's praying out to the God that he knows. His friend finally swims over to a chunk of the boat that's bobbing in the water. And when he gets to it, he is amazed because Masood's son is sitting in that chunk of the boat. Dry. He says, Masood, your son's right here. Gets him in his arms, makes his way to the shore. Can't believe that they have found his son. Who greets them but a member of the Glyphata Church of Christ, a female nurse, says a lot about her and those Christians meeting people at night who are supposed to be our enemies. Masood says, I've been a lifelong Shiite and here these Christian enemies are meeting us. She takes my son and checks all of his vital signs, wraps him in one of those metallic-looking blankets, gives him back, says, your son is fine. You need more medical attention than your son does. The church helps them get into the refugee camp and get food and get clothing. And at the same time, they invite them to study the Bible with Bibles that we have been honored to provide. Fast forward a month later, Masood's three best friends, men, all come to him and say, we're getting baptized tonight. Are you ready, Masood? Masood says, no, I'm, I'm not ready yet. But I will go and witness your baptism. And so he sees the joy of their faces as they come out of the water and they go back to the refugee camp that night rejoicing, but as they get to the gates of that refugee camp, Muslim men are waiting, having heard what has happened with those three. They say, the Quran says you have rejected Islam and we should kill you. They beat those three men nearly to death. Masood says, I did not sleep for the next three days. Weighing the scales. What will I do? Three days pass, and he says, I realize if I reject Jesus, I reject my life. 
he gets baptized just three days later. Hasn't been touched to this point. It's been over four years. He's baptized now, he says, over 150 people, and he tries not to be the one who's doing the baptizing. His wife has become a Christian. His parents visited from Afghanistan, which they were quite prayerful and nervous about. His mother has become a Christian. We're praying for his dad. Now, Muslims would say that Masood choosing to be a disciple of Jesus was the worst possible decision of his life. And Masood's choice was very unpopular among the majority of his peers in the refugee camp. But above all these other voices on earth, Masood was listening to a different voice. The voice of Jesus. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. Satan would like to distract us in any way that he can from the light that leads to life. And we know who wins this war. And we know it's already won, but we live between the times, right? And so Satan still has some power in these battles, and our souls are the target in each of these battles. And yet we know who the victor is, yes? And yet Satan would love to use the pressures of this world, our peers, our co-workers, our neighbors, even our own family members, if he could turn them against us. To pull us away from Jesus, the light who gives us light and pulls us out of the darkness. Jesus has given everything for us and He's waiting, He is hoping that we will do what the world says is the unpopular and upside down and backwards ridiculous thing and choose Him the true light of the world. Everyone is in a different place this morning. Perhaps many in this crowd are already followers of Jesus. I'm sure some are not yet followers of Jesus. Whatever thing in your life seems bigger than you, it probably is. We're just human beings broken in our own ways. We need the power of God, something bigger than us. And I know that the leaders of this church would be glad to help guide you to the light that leads to life. So we're about to sing a song and have an invitation. If, if you need the prayers of this group of people, you're welcome to come in a moment when we sing, if you want to give your life to Jesus and begin this journey just like Masood has at great risk, we don't know what the risk may be for our lives in the future either. But Jesus is waiting and hoping that you will do the unpopular thing and respond to the light that leads to life. So if you need the blessings or the help or, or baptism this morning and begin this journey with Jesus, you're welcome to come forward 
as we stand and as we sing.